0: No purchase necessary. are prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet.
0: And we're back. We're back here on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. And we're back. With ES is our central. My name's Ross McLeod, your host as always, and I'm joined this week in my ever rotating door of co-host that isn't Stephen Wilson because God forbid he does a show on his own network. David Hockney, David, how are you? I'm doing good, Ross. Uh, it's great to be back on Central after what's been
1: a very quiet few weeks off and a much needed quiet few weeks off at of that.
0: I know, and it seems to be we, we we've done not too bad this week. You know, we were meant to record Tuesday, Thursday. I couldn't do it because of work stuff. But it's worked out not too well for us because now, the past couple of times you've been on Central, we've had nothing to talk about. And then the very next day or like an hour after Central, something massive breaks. So I'm glad that we're doing it later in the week. I think that should be a rule if you and I are doing Central. We do it later in the week because track record (laughs) is not for us.
1: You know what? I'm all for that. You know, there's more news is better and it's better content for, for us here on the podcast.
0: So yeah, why not? I'm all for it. Exactly, speaking of content, uh, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet on iTunes, Android, Anchor and Spotify, easy for me to remember there, it's the same four every week, (laughs) your massive back catalogue, previews, reviews, news and interviews, and of course, at Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and our each Sleeps and retweet community. David Campbell asks the question every week on there. You guys can get involved in the conversation. And I have no say in it. I have to answer it on this show, unfortunately. But anyway, um, we'll just jump right into the news. And exactly one week ago, David... AEW's first of four Saturday night specials, akin to as as David Campbell, as Tony Khan, sorry. Just an Mm -hmm. inflated ego as David Campbell. (laughs) Uh, What he described (laughs) as Saturday Night Night Live main event style shows uh, on TNT, uh, Battle of the Belts. So originally we were scheduled to have just the two matches. We were meant to have Riho versus Dr. Britt Baker for Britt Baker's Mm -hmm. Women's Championship and the TNT title, the saviour of America and the free world, Cody Rhodes, taking on Sammy (laughs) Guevara for the TNT title. Uh, Cody Rhodes unfortunately diagnosed with COVID, Dustin Rhodes would step in as the brother of the saviour of the free world and (laughs) they would face off for the interim (laughs) TNT Championship. A lot of a lot of discussion about this, some people liked it, very, very UFC, MMA style, boxing style where, you know, if the champion can't compete, well, we need someone to defend titles, so we'll have an interim champion and later on we can have a big showdown later on down the road. Some people not too happy with it, just saying, why don't you just put the tag titles or some other uh, title in that slot. What were your thoughts on this going into the match?
1: I've got mixed feelings on this one, to be honest, because I appreciate, you know, when COVID first became a thing, the one thing that was, well, they they had to crown an interim cruiserweight champion because Jordan Devlin, who was champion at the time, was still in the UK, so he couldn't travel over. Uh, So I get why they would do maybe an interim championship for the time being. But I disagree with the booking of this, if I'm being honest, because I think Sammy Guevara, even though he had a decent run with the TNT title, I think with Cody's booking... Uh, sort of venturing more towards the sort of heel character. I reckon a feud between him and Dustin would have been a lot more entertaining going forward, particularly when they had that five star classic a couple of years ago and it was one of the best matches that the, either of those two guys could have put on together.
0: Yeah, I love that match. Um, not disagreeing with you, but I think the. The storyline here is uh, Cody Goes Heel. I think you can have that later on with, you know, brother, what are you doing sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But I think the rivalry at the minute is Sammy Guevara. A lot of people not happy at the way Cody Rhodes, you know, booking himself again, comes in Christmas Day. The Crockett family, you know, the whole title presentation thing. Um, that's That's getting support for Sammy Guevara. Who is, let's be honest, kind of a tweener, uh, and you know, then you've got Cody Rhodes making his gradual heel transition. To me, it started about two years ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Although, in all fairness, uh, there was an amazing Canadian driver spot uh, to the table on the outside between those two. And that was easily spot the match.
0: Yeah, fifty-year-old Dustin, uh, Dustin Rhodes, fifty-plus-year-old Dustin Rhodes Hitting a Canadian destroyer through a table, fair play to him. Um, the match is still a good match. Sammy Guevara wins. Uh, Sammy Guevara is the interim TNT title. Do you think they'll have just a normal match, or do you think this is setting up to like a maybe a a, a summer slat, Sorry, a WrestleMania a ten style match where it's an Intercontinental Champion versus an Intercontinental Champion in a ladder match? Or, or I mean, it'd be what, rude not it'd be rude not to. Exactly, I think. I think it's the perfect thing going forward. And um, I'm just going to touch a wee bit on the other matches on the show. The FTW title uh, held by Ricky Starks, I quite I was quite annoyed that they've not done with the million dollar title what they've done with the FTW title. You know, the FTW title is not a main title. It's not a sanctioned title by, um, by AEW but it's still defended regularly enough that it's not a case of, oh, well, what's what's the point of him having that title? And I felt felt the million-dollar title could have been that for people in in NXT. Mm -hmm. But uh, the FTW title was uh, defended, Ricky Starks defending against uh, Matt Sidell, 10-minute match, Ricky Starks retains, and I I thought it was a great match. Nothing nothing sensational, but just just a good match.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure about the booking of the FTW Championship, because if anything, you know, this was uh, obviously it was created by Taz, but it's not specifically assigned to any promotion. So I could possibly see this as maybe a tool to expand the, the world's opened by the forbidden door, because, you know, as you said, it's just a sort of title that's just sort of lingering there, but doesn't hold any prestigious value to AEW exclusively. So why not? you know, use that opportunity to go between promotions, you know, like Ring of Honor or Impact and still defend it there. Because at the minute, it's just sort of lost in the shuffle compared to all the other championships at this stage. So I I can honestly say I've not paid much attention to the, the FTW championship, but I suppose it keeps guys like, you know, Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs and Team Taz in general, at least it gives them a position on the card.
0: Yeah, the Forbidden Door thing is interesting there. Even if you know they went on the Indies and defended it, I mm. I think that could be quite cool as well. But I I don't mind too much about it not being like I think Team Taz when they're not in main feuds they're sort of on dark and that in dark elevation. So um, yeah, I, I don't really I don't really mind. Um, I've not really minded the book and I've quite enjoyed it. I think the million dollar title could have been booked that way in NXT. Unfortunately, it wasn't. And the third match on the card, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, uh, recently announced as PWI's Woman of the Year uh, for Mm -hmm. 2021. We'll talk about that later on. Uh, And she defended her title against the first ever AEW Women's Champion, Riho. What did you think of this match?
1: Again, you know, a pretty solid and it's another... uh... Another solid performance for what's been a a very impressive 2021 for Britt Baker. And she's entering 2022 just as strongly now. Um, Riho, I do think, has sort of just fallen down the wayside a little bit, you know, despite, you know, being the first women's champion. But it's if anything, this match just indicated it's, st- it's all about Dr. Britt Baker and what happened on Dynamite and Rampage this week. Uh, she's moving up in the world and moving up in the rankings of AEW.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so that was the three matches on a TNA, sorry AEW's Battle of the Belts. Over on the impact side of things, this very same night they produced their pay-per-view Hard to Kill twenty twenty two. Um I'll just spoiler alerts ahead, I'm just gonna run down the card here. Uh, and any anything you want to talk about, a uh, David that's not that's not Royal Rumble related because we'll get into that later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can yep, yep. you can jump out and tell me. So no, that's fine. Uh, Jake Something defeated Madman Filter and uh, Fulton. Sorry, on the pre-show, Mike Bailey, uh, who's also now in the Battle of Los Angeles. Mike Bailey, who stepped in for Jake Something in this Fatal Four Way. Uh, Making a name for himself the past week or so, filling in uh, when people are dropping out the card. Mike Bailey defeated Ace Austin, Chris Bay, and Larry Idle Kid in a fatal four way match. Uh, this was sort of a, an X-Division showcase. Speaking of the X-Division, the first ever Knockouts Ultimate X-Match uh, for a number one mm-hmm. contendership at the Impact Knockouts title. Tasha was defeated Alicia Edwards, Chelsea Green, Jordan Grace, Lady Lady Frost, Jesus, Lady Frost <laughs> and Rosemary. Trey <laughs> uh, Miguel defended his X-Division title against Steve Macklin. Steve Macklin, uh, the former... What was, what was Steve, his name in WWE? Steve Cutler Steve from Cutler. The Forgotten Sons. Yes. Who would have thought Steve Macklin, uh, Steve Cutler would have gone on to this? Steve Macklin and Impact has been absolutely great. This was the first time he'd actually been pinned, and uh, mm. his run an Impact. He's he's been absolutely great. He, he's got like that cruiserweight style about him, and mm. yet the, he's just got like an explosive energy about him as well. He's been really, really good since he's been to Impact. Uh, a ring of war- a pure rules match for the Ring of Honor world title the first time the Ring of Honor world title was defended in uh, Impact Wrestling Jonathan Gresham defeating Chris Saban uh, Josh Alexander defeated the former Bronson Reed Jonah uh, via submission and a great hard-hitting singles match uh, the 10-man hardcore war Eddie Edwards Rich Swan, Willie Mack Heath and Rhino defeated the Good Brothers Eric Young Diener and Joe Doring and uh, Joe Doring uh, by pinfall, Heath getting the pin on Carl Anderson. So, Heath and Rhino have pinned the tag team champions. Uh, Moose defended mm. his Impact World Championship against Matt Cardona and W. Morrissey. And in a Texas death match for the Impact Knockout Championship, Mickey James defeated Dionna Perrazzo. Uh, and Matthew Rein- uh, Reinwald had been barred from ringside and barred from interfering in the match. So, Dionna had to go alone. Um, Dave, with that card, I know you're obviously you watch a lot of uh, AEW and WWE impacts. Not one of your main uh, weekly uh, weekly watches. Mm-hmm. Have you seen any of this card, or, uh, or or what of this card interested you to like check out more, or like read up a bit more about it? Well,
1: the one that caught my attention actually was the Knockouts Ultimate X match because obviously this was the the first time that the women have ever been involved in this type of match and when i watched uh, the old sort of tna impact back in the day you know the x division was the was essentially the the most talked about part of that entire show and when i and when i used to watch on the old wrestling channel on sky i mean it was like some of the most incredible high flying spots i've ever seen and you know the the potential for sheer entertainment was limitless and i think having read up on what the the women did for this ultimate x match it just goes to show you know the you know impact's doing a very good job of you know creating equal opportunities for both the men and women and it's showcasing a great display of talent because obviously you've got like uh Tasha Steeles, who obviously won, I think she's made she's brushed shoulders with AEW in some capacity because of the Forbidden Door, and then obviously you can't forget like Chelsea Green, Jordan Grace, and Roseberry—a very unique mix match of of talent there. And it's it's just one of those things, you know, seeing it all mixed together, and it can create something pretty spectacular. So yeah, there was a lot of uh, a lot of discussion about the Ultimate X, so I, I just couldn't couldn't ignore that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, the the big story going into it was the Ring of Honor uh, World Championship being defended in mm. TNA. Sorry, and I'm, I keep I'm going to call it TNA, all right? Like it's, it's Impact <laughs> TNA, the same company. Jesus Christ. Anyway, an Impact um, Ring of Honor World Title being defended. Ring of Honor made their presence known throughout this match. Uh, sorry, throughout the show, we'll get into that a wee bit later on, um, but. We've had um the the future of Ring of Honor up in the air a little bit. But it's nice to see the champions are going any length to keep themselves relevant, to keep themselves keep the title the, the titles that they're holding relevant and to keep the the company like company on people's lips for when it uh, when the Supercard of Honor restarts in April. Pardon me. mm um, yeah, a great we did, we did, a, we did a great job. At that. Great long-term storytelling. Uh, Chris Saban uh, actually won a number one contendership match 18 months ago in Ring of Honor. Got injured, then returned to Impact, so was never able to fulfill that title match. So eventually, getting that title match and the the commentators mentioning that on the show. Speaking of commentators, uh, the former a uh, I forgot his tom phillips name. tom phillips now now tom Heffig. tom flanagan or tom Heffig. what's his name now tom tom, tom tom's Hannifin. on the commentary big yeah, like tom like Tom. yeah no it's Aye, tom, tom's on commentary yeah he's using his real name now tom hannafin tom ha- i thought it was tom flanagan for some reason <laughs> sorry right <laughs> so uh back on the commentary giving impact uh a better commentator than Matt Stryker. I feel, I feel Matt, Matt Stryker's a good uh, caller commentator, but as a play-by-play guy, uh, mm. I don't think he's the best. Um now, Tom. Tom did a. Tom's done
1: a, a good job of you know having commentator roles. You know he's done. He's not He's done prime time. has been on uh, NXT. NXT UK. So he definitely does a very good role of a play-by-play commentator, and he's still. Fairly fresh to a WWE audience, given well compared to the likes of like Michael Cole, etc. Who's been there for decades. But you know, I think Impact's got a good, uh, good, a good play-by-play commentator under their wing now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll just i i watched this. Dave hasn't, uh, so just so we're not sort of so so it's not just not me explaining to Dave why why people should watch or what I enjoyed. I'll I'll simply say this before if you guys want to go ahead and watch this. Um, keep an eye on Impact because that triple threat match um, for the Impact World Championship. Moose back in 2017 was given the option to go to WWE and chose to go to Impact, and is surely slowly but surely built himself into one of the best heels in wrestling, one of the best, one of the best outside WWE talents there is, and. Now as a world champion. He's even getting cheered, even through the booze, because he's an Impact guy. Uh, Matt Cardona and W. Morrissey, look how they left WWE. Look mm. at how their reputation was as, as a wrestler when they left WWE. They've worked tirelessly, and Impact's been a big part of that, of making them seem leg- like they were legitimate threats to Moose. Even though I know the match down the line is Josh Alexander... Versus Moose, I think it was it even felt like like they those guys were legitimate threats to mm-hmm. to uh, to Mrs. World Title Reign. Uh, Steve Macklin, I talked about before, Steve Cutler, a legitimate threat in the X Division. Uh, a lot of people in our in podcast sweep went with Macklin. Um, we had Mickey James, who was commentating on main event. Like, you know, she was the understudy the commentator that's now commentating on her matches. She was doing main event. She's now in the main event and one of the most talked about women in wrestling at the minute. And even, even uh, Matthew, uh, the former... Uh, what's his name? Aiden Eng- the former Aiden English. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> won, won the uh, Knockouts Homecoming tournament and has created a great partnership with Gianna Perrazzo. So anyone... Uh, watching Impact see when people pop up there people pop up there for a reason and it's because they know they'll be able to not to steal a quote from EC3 but control their own narrative be put in spots they might not be put in in WWE and be put be be able to tell a story be able to uh, and not to have a go at I'm not going to go to AW, but AW has a massive oversized roster, probably more oversized than WWE now. They know if they go there, they're fighting to get on Dark, Dark Elevation Rampage before they can get on Dynamite. They know if they go to WWE, it's the status quo. They're, They're exactly where they were before. And Ring of Honor isn't there full time anymore. So Impact is... It's a third option, but it's an option a lot of people take for a reason, so I'd encourage more people to keep an eye on Impact, especially they've seen as Ring of Honour now <laughs> seem to be invading uh, Impact. So after the... What was it? After the, the hardcore, hardcore War. war yeah, yeah, after the Hardcore War, Mac um, Taven, Vincent... Maria Kanellis, Mike Bennett, and PCO, former former interviewee of this pod. We've interviewed him on our back (laughs) catalogue. All invaded. And we're scrapping with everyone in the ring, taking shots at everyone, letting people know they had arrived. Um, And the Impact Women's Champion, Roxy. She was in the front row of the... uh, Uh, Very prominently featured during the Impact, uh, sorry, the Knockouts deathmatch. So Ring of Honor making its presence felt. um, We've seen how Impact uh, uh, dealt with the Forbidden Door. Um, Are you excited to see more people coming in from Ring of Honor?
1: Um, I am actually, yeah, because obviously Ring of Honor is not in the best place at the minute, so and their talent needs somewhere to go. So I don't know if they've come to some sort of an agreement where the Ring of Honor talent can show up on impact, but I think it's good to see that, you know, Mike and Maria have got something to do. PCO's been re-signed, and I don't know much about uh Taven and Vincent, but you know, having seen what Mike and Maria have done in like with Ring of Honor in the past, it's 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 a far cry from, you know, how they were booked in WWE, you know, given that, you know, they never really sort of took off, despite that awesome theme song, because obviously Mike was in in rehab, Maria got pregnant, and they just never got going, essentially, and whatever Mike did get involved in, he just ended up getting jobbed out. So, so I think it's good to see them in this much more suitable position where, you know, even though they're not, they're technically under the Ring of Honor banner. It still gives them purpose in, you know, creating a spot on the impact roster, and it it, it definitely adds potential for what uh, what could happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, just to to let the listeners know as well, um, last week we had so much to cover, much like this week um, after a <laughs> after a hiatus. We forgot to mention the Wrestle Kingdom results, uh, but obviously, I'm not much of a New Japan Pro Wrestling fan. Dave is not much of a New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, viewer, so we're going to leave it to the guys at the East Meets West uh, spin off pod. They're going to be cu- doing uh, all three days of Wrestle Kingdom, and I'll look ahead to what's going to come up for New Japan. They're recording that this week, I believe. And it will be available a few days later. So your rest for the, the New Japan fans, your Wrestle Kingdom fix is coming. It's just coming a little bit later than you would have wanted it to, I'm afraid. Um, so we we'll talked about Impact's pay-per-view. The next Impact live event or premium event or whatever company you want to call it, uh, is going to take place on February 19th. Uh, February 19th, no surrender. Uh, great pay-per-view name. Uh, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> along with WWE's hello hello on the same day uh, absolutely st- <laughs> so WWE and Impact are both having pay-per-views on February 19th uh Impact's No Surrender will be on Impact Plus uh, and WWE are back in Saudi Arabia and the the rumors coming out for this one Dave um there's two rumours about a, a, sorry, a, an elimination chamber. One rumoured to being a, a chamber in Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. and one which would make sense because February was usually the time the elimination chamber pay-per-view takes place. Why not? You know, why not? Um, and, excuse me, the other rumor coming out is they're going to change the name of it to the WrestleMania Chamber. I don't know if this is going to be for Saudi Arabia because they, they Saudi Arabia, will have a WrestleMania before before the UK does. Listeners, like it's just it's going that way. The the whole deal is going that way. Um, I don't know if the Saudi show is going to have a show called the WrestleMania Chamber where they do a number one contendership match and the winner goes to Wrestlemania, or if the Wrestlemania Chamber is actually going to be at Wrestlemania, we've not really had uh, clarity on this, but what's your what's your thoughts on the whole um, Chamber in Saudi, and possibly Wrestlemania?
1: Uh, well, I've seen more mixed reviews coming out, because, I mean, it wouldn't be a surprise if the, the Saudi sports the sports government was asking for a chamber match given that they got a hell in a cell the last time maybe they're just stepping up the ranks and we know how much how much the Saudi government's paying WWE for, for big shows in the Middle East. So I reckon if they're asking for an elimination chamber, WWE will do everything in its power to try and make it happen. And it is it is sort of around the time you know where the Elimination Chamber pay per view usually takes place. So because whenever Whichever way the Royal Rumble winners decide, you know which champion to go for, it gives a reason to set up a chamber for the opposite end uh, of challengers. Uh, I mean, when we're better to do it than in Saudi, so it doesn't surprise me that you know they're possibly just taking the next step up from Hell in a Cell. But one thing I did see is that um, one other name, one other name change was proposed, but yet this has not been confirmed. Uh, it was posted by. None other than dave meltzer but he said the latest proposed name change for the saudi pay-per-view is the annual elimination chamber so it might not just be a one-off for this chamber in saudi it could be the the running theme going forward for future saudi shows as well if they continue to go around sort of february march time
0: so yeah i'm i'm looking forward guys i know saudi arabia has its, its controversies around it um but i'm sorry american viewers a continued pay-per-view where it's at 5 o'clock in the evening, I can go to my bed at a reasonable time, I can do something after the pay-per-view and it's a proper big on the road to WrestleMania pay-per-view 5pm, I'm sorry America you know, we tried We you gave us 12 o'clock starts, you teased us a couple of 11pm starts you know, when the clocks change and you know, I know US and UK are on different schedules but back to 1am starts, it feels like a passive-aggressive move and I'm all for these 5pm pay-per-view starts. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet, see, the the thing, the controversy is that, um, obviously, the continued deal with the Saudi government and the the human rights thing, and, you know, the, the the poor human rights record in Saudi Arabia. But WWE have accepted this money. So the, the Saudi Sports Authority are well in their rights to go, we want a big annual showcase every year, you know, and Elimination Chamber, it's one of those ones, it's an annual showcase, but it has lost its luster over the past few years, I think. I think cause we, it's not like uh, Triple H is ducking five challengers, let's bring it out for SummerSlam 03, or, you know, the, the New Year's Re- uh, Revolution 05 and 06, it sort of became repetitive and stale, and uh-huh. it, it'd be nice to freshen it up and have it somewhere new. And hey, maybe maybe it's just repetitive and stale because I can't be bothered staying up to 4am. Maybe if it's like, oh, by the way, this will be done by 8pm, you can go out after it. Yeah, I'm yeah. button for the Elimination yeah. Chamber, guys, I'm bussing.
1: Uh, you know what? I, I completely agree. I mean, I'm in my 30s now. Like I, I don't have the energy to stay up past midnight anymore. It's, I have to save it for the morning
0: after. <laughs> I'm 28, dammit. And if I want to stay in and sit in a comfy chair, it's what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> we channel a reference there for those of you old enough to remember when Friends was actually on there uh, and not re-watching it on Netflix for the first time. Anyway, <laughs> as Old Man continues to yell at Cloud, um, <laughs> We talked about, obviously, the Saudi uh, chamber. What what would your thoughts be on an elimination chamber at WrestleMania?
1: Uh, See, I think it would only work if the storyline was there to justify it. Like, see, you mentioned the first New Year's revolution in 2005. That was set up because the world title was vacant, and there was at least, uh, I think there was at least three or four people who had contention for the title but then obviously you add in Batista and Chris Jericho to the mix and yeah they were all they it it may it worked in terms of you know selling a a big pay-per-view in Puerto Rico but for Wrestlemania it's a little bit tricky because you already have the the storyline set up with the Royal Rumble winners challenging for it And I appreciate, you know, for WrestleMania 2000 it turned into a fatal four way when it probably shouldn't have. But (laughs) yeah, you would need like a massive, a massive clusterfuck. There's no other way of putting it of booking to to justify an elimination chamber at WrestleMania, because I really don't see any other way than it either being a one on one match between the champion and the Rumble winner or at the very least a triple threat match.
0: Yeah, I, I I actually didn't think of it as a, a world title match. I was thinking they were going to bring it back as sort of a, a Money in the Bank style match. Where oh, right, I see. The winner's number one contender. Because you know, Money in the Bank was the last continual showpiece match they had at WrestleMania. You know, Andre Battle Royal, the first year was something special because it was like, what is this going to be? But after it, it just sort of became pre-show fodder. And they've not had a showpiece match at WrestleMania. A continue annual showpiece match at WrestleMania since the Money in the Bank. So I I, am not for it completely, but I would be against it if we had a WrestleMania chamber.
1: See, if it was brought in to replace the Money in the Bank concept, then I, I suppose it would make sense because then it sets up programs for the, the, the B pay-per-views down the line. And then, because you've got about two or three in between there before you get back to Money in the Bank, and then you'd have to start the booking all over again. So I suppose, in a way, when you put it like that, it would actually make sense. And even if it opens the show, you know, that's a good way to kick off.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what we're saying is we're not for it, we're not against it. We'll just give us everything, we're spoiled little kids.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know what, take a chance on it. If it works, it works. It doesn't, Who cares? Exactly.
0: Um, so Brock Lesnar made a little bit of uh, WWE history with his latest WWE title win. It is the longest period between someone's first WWE title win and someone's most recent WWE title win. Uh, almost 20 years separate August, uh, SummerSlam 2002 and the January 1st Day 1 event uh, of 2022. The previous record was Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan won his first WWE title in 1984 and won his last WWE title in the same year Brock Lesnar won his first 2002. How awkward is that? How weird is that to think that Hogan Hogan and Brock Lesnar both held a WWE title in the same calendar year? That's mental. But
1: then again, it almost felt like a Passing of the torch, essentially. Like Hogan got one more run out of it when he beat Triple H, I think it was. Mm. And yeah, I mean Brock Lesnar was just a new signee by that point, uh, but then he just sort of ran rampant throughout that year. I can't remember if Brock's actually the. I think he might be the one of the quickest people to ever win the WWE title since his debut. Because I know Ric Flair's up there, and I know Sheamus is up there. I don't know if Brock is either. I don't know if he's second or. Th- third perhaps because i know i know flair was first and then i think it's either sheamus or brock but i don't know which way around
0: it, it was I, I, this is me showing my my age again because i remember the wrestling channel like you mentioned earlier for <laughs> oh, you want
1: to talk about age here
0: and wwe a 2k 10 sorry wwe smackdown versus raw 2010 there you are it wasn't even 2k kids um, <laughs> uh, there was a loading screen and it was Sheamus's first time in the game and Mm -hmm. it said Sheamus is the second quickest WWE champion so I think Ric Flair is the first and Brock is third yeah, so yeah Brock Lesnar almost 20 years between his first and latest WWE title run, the previous record was 18 years between 1984 and 2002 with Hulk Hogan and before that it was a 17 year gap for Bob Backlund so it's it's an interesting time in WWE and it certainly shows the longevity of Brock Lesnar.
1: I definitely know Brock Lesnar is what in his early forties now, so he's like he's still like ten years younger than like Dustin Rhodes. So I think Brock's still got a few years left in him. Uh just depends, you know, how frequently he wants to to keep going. But you know, he's a big name draw and I think if Vince is willing to get his checkbook out and spend on you know, someone who's actually still very consistent with performances lately. Brock, Brock's his guy, and you know, I think Brock will do anything if the price is right, uh, because and he's also a, a big big name draw. And you see, you saw the reaction when he won the title at Day One as well. You know, everybody was you know cheering for for Big E the weeks prior, but now Brock comes in, the whole place erupted when he pinned Big E. Like, you know, it's. Fans are fickle sometimes, but the reactions there, the the draws there, it's there's no reason to see why Brock shouldn't keep going the way he is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um Johnny Knoxville start of uh, Jackass 4. <laughs> Jack- Jesus Jackass one. The donkey. Jackass two Jackass 3, <laughs> uh, Walking Tall with The Rock, he was in that. Uh, Johnny Knoxville, star of Jackass, it's been rumoured for a while, it was confirmed last week on Smackdown, Johnny Knoxville is going to be in the Royal Rumble and I'm calling it now, They're telegraphing it just now, Sami Zayn is getting eliminated by Johnny Knoxville.
1: You might as well just say, look, Dave, this is the angle we're going with, and you're not getting points for your draft. Like, so screw you. Uh, but <laughs> this is a stup- this is such a stupid booking. Like Sami Zayn should be Intercontinental champion by now, but the match got cancelled at day one for God knows what reason. And now this is uh this is the the pop culture. Reference for the Royal Rumble essentially, you know, you get Johnny Knoxville promoting Jackass forever, and Sami Zayn's the unfortunate sacrificial
0: lamb in this case. I'm all for it, I don't mind it at all. I think it's quite funny. Sami Zayn is in that mold now where he is the can like everyone's against me heel gimmick. So, someone coming in from Jackass and eliminating him, it doesn't actually hurt Sami Zayn, you know. You give Sami Zayn something else to moan about, and it's it's still quite funny. I I, I quite enjoy it, Dave. I'm, I'm sorry, but what what uh, can I can I propose a fantasy
1: book actually? Because it was remember it was Knoxville that, that threw Sammy over the top to get into the Rumble. What if yeah. Sammy eliminates Knoxville, but then the rest of the cast of Jackass Forever comes out and eliminates Sammy?
0: <laughs> I wouldn't mind that either. I think that'd be quite funny. Um... So, from the men's rumble to the women's rumble, and this th- this is a massive story. This um we were wondering if WWE would have enough women to fill a Royal Rumble, Um but the likes of Michelle McCool, Summer Ray, Kelly Kelly, Lita, who appeared on last night at time of recording SmackDown, uh, the Bella Twins, and. The Impact Women's Champion, yes, she was actually referenced as the Impact Women's Champion by Pat McIvey. Mickey James is going to be in the Royal Rumble as well. Um, And and an an odd time, um, there was reports last summer that Nick Khan was looking to do deals with the likes of New Japan and uh, Impact and about the Forbidden Door. This is around about the time, uh, M- uh, sorry, AEW had started doing the exact same thing. Uh, we've waited a, a while, but it looks like the forbidden door could be opening in WWE.
1: Thank God, as well, because you know they need to get with the times. Essentially, like this is one of the biggest criticisms I had about WWE is that they're just stuck in their own little bubble, and they have to come up with some contrived excuse about you know why certain people don't appear or. You know they have to stick to the WWE described story that any wrestler is given for their character, but why not just yeah? The fact that they've now created a forbidden door with Impact means that you know they can actually branch out a little bit. You know it's it's and it's great to see you know they've actually potentially got something with Impact in the works here because I think now it actually gives them it puts them on a little bit more level playing field with AEW but i do have a little bit of cynicism about it because i'm wondering if wwe is doing a deal with impact it obviously puts more more of a spotlight on those talent that traditionally compete on impact and i'm wondering if that's the case is it a way to potentially shift viewers from AEW more over to impact now obviously impact's not on the same sort of uh same sort of level of grandeur as WWE or AEW are. But I think if they shift the, the audience figures more over to impact, then everybody's on a much more level playing field. Maybe that's just competitive for, you know, just business competition in general. But, you know, I'm, I'm digressing here. It's, this is just my, this is my sort of conspiracy theories, you know, getting let loose here.
0: Well, no. Let's let's go over the conspiracy theories because um, there's also rumours that WWE want to open the quote unquote forbidden door for the men's Royal Rumble. They want to have a big Impact star or a possible non WWE star in the Rumble. You know what, Dave? Cards on the table. I don't think it will be this guy, but I'm going to go James Storm because every time we do a sweep or every time we we have to guess a mystery opponent, a mystery partner, a mystery entrant. I always pick James Storm and it's never been him. And I'll kill myself <laughs> if, I don't, if I don't back him. And it's him. So I'm going to go James Storm. James Storm. You know what? Uh, you know
1: what? That's actually not a bad shout. Considering if Robert Roode is in this rumble as well, we could have a little bit of a... A beer money reunion.
0: That'd be very nice. <laughs> I'd be all for that. But
1: if I was to pick um, a name Yeah, if I was to pick I if I was to pick a name, I'd say Matt Cardona. Well, largely because, you know, he's pretty much everywhere on the independence at the minute, but he's found his sort of footing an impact again. I just think it would be really cool to see the former Zack Ryder, you know, return in a Royal Rumble setting, but just under his new under his new persona, and then the, the crowd can just do the woo-woo woo, woo, woo chants as a bit of a a bit of a flashback. But, you know, Matt Cardona, you know, he's definitely got a new lease on life and I think it would be good to sort of get him find, maybe get himself a bit of revenge on some certain people. But hey-ho, that, that's just my fantasy booking.
0: No, I wouldn't be against that. I think, um, pardon me, I think um, Cardona coming back WWE, they let these talents go. And I don't think that it's the old adage of, well, we hope we fail wherever we go. Because we've seen people like drew get brought back. WWE, much like many, many football clubs, you know, Barcelona, prime example. Let Gerard Piqué go. Let Cesc Fabregas go. Brought them back years later. They had to pay a transfer fee for them, but they brought them back years later because they went elsewhere, developed their talents, became better players, and then Barcelona got the 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 rewards out of that. WWE when they let these people go, WWE still has a scouting network. WWE will keep tabs on people who are doing well and making waves in the independent scene. So there's never. I don't feel there's ever a you know piss off and you know take your stuff away you sort of attitude mm-hmm. with WWE I feel it's uh, you know so long goodbye and it'd be nice to see Matt Cardona who has killed up on the independent scene with you know GCW he's in NWA he's an impact he had a brief run in AEW it'd be nice to see him come back and get a bit of Bit of the respect he deserved when he was there because he was so far ahead of the times when it came to social media and fan involvement and YouTube involvement and all that.
1: Yeah, like I think he was actually one of the key people to actually get WWE's social media platform off the ground. Uh particularly when even in the days of Vine, you know, way, he was doing little shorts for his YouTube channel, but Z true Long Island story. <laughs> it was it was his own way of getting over and you know capitalizing on social media which was still making waves by that point and then once they realized it was working for their talent that's when wwe sort of took it took it on board and sort of produced their own web content so if anybody if you if you have to thank anybody for wwe's social media platform it is matt cardona
0: yeah absolutely absolutely um so yeah, that's the Royal Rumble. Uh, I'm just looking at the rest of our script here. Nikki Ash turning heel. Um, certainly, uh, I'm going to be honest, Dave. I don't care. I'm not even going to attempt to care about this <laughs> one. Uh, I don't like Nikki Ash. I find it stupid. Um, surely it should be Nikki as almost a villain, mm, or you know, we
1: get or mental Nikki from Sanity.
0: Well, I mean, if you want to do that, you can. I I just, I don't care. When, and I, honestly, I think she is the, like, she's up there with Natalia for worst promos and acting skills in WWE. And that is saying something. I'm sorry. I, just, I, I don't care if she's Scottish. I don't like her. But you can have your own opinion on the Nikki Shield, if you want, Dave. On you go. Uh, you know what? It's, it's a
1: weird one because, you know, she's saying like everybody needs a hero whether you want it or not. Like I'm it's a little bit contradictory if I'm being honest, but uh the if she's keeping the whole butterfly costume and stuff, it does seem a bit silly for a for a heel to be sort of doing that, unless she's going down the route of the sort of original sort of New Day gimmick, you know, where you know they were always so happy dancing, but people hated them for it. Like, what if Nikki is Nikki's heel run is now gonna be just I'm a hero. I'm your hero, whether you like it or not. Like it's, it's sort of just that case of ramming it down people's throats and maybe it might work. It might not, but uh, I'm, I'm not going to give up on Nikki given, given what she is capable of like all the way back in black and gold NXT as part of sanity, you know, she stood out in her own unique way.
0: Yeah. You know, I, 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 I like the sanity Nikki, but that was because she didn't cut promos, um, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Anyway, I'm there's a couple of quick fire stories. I'm just going to rattle through here. Um, Aliyah last night on WWE's uh, television set the quickest uh, set the sh- record for sorry a shortest match in WWE at 3.17 seconds, uh, defeating Natalya on SmackDown. Um, Sasha Banks and Xavier Woods are both being ruled out of the Royal Rumble. Uh, Sasha, I believe, picked up a back injury in a match with Charlotte at a house show. Xavier Woods, I believe, is that an elbow injury he said he had? No, it was.
1: Uh, he said it on the, his G4 stream that he suffered a calf injury during the match. Cap- was, so was last
0: week. Oh, well. So he's out for the foreseeable future. Uh, Dustin Rhodes uh, currently tested positive for coronavirus. Hopefully he gets well soon. Uh, and... Um, Brody King, a former Ring of Honor superstar, debuted for AEW. It seems that you're going to see people popping up all over the place um, in, in wrestling who have affiliations with Ring of Honor. Uh, and mm-hmm. let, let's get into this because it's great to see this uh, this guy announced for shows again. John Moxley uh, will be taking on Homicide at, G- uh, at Game Changer Wrestling. Uh, next weekend, it's his first match back. Uh, I believe he's still champion of Game Changer Wrestling. I could be wrong. I don't know if he vacated it or if he lost it before his uh, uh, sabbatical. But it's great to see John Moxley back, and if he was well enough to go into a wrestling ring again. Uh,
1: you know, I think last time we spoke about Moxley, you know, he was he was take he took himself off AEW TV to voluntarily check in for uh, I think it was alcohol rehab. And, you know, he's been, obviously, you know, respected his privacy and all that, essentially just getting through that. But if he's announced for a new show, then I guess he's probably back on, he's back to the way, the position he wants to be in. Uh, I mean, whether or not he appears on AEW next might remain to be seen. Like I don't know when, the, uh, February time is when they usually have uh, Revolution, I think. So I don't know, maybe he'll reappear there at some point you know he might do a few independent bookings here and there just to get his get his feet back on the ground and then he'll reappear at a point where you know it'll be a big stage and eyes will be on all eyes will be on AEW at that point and maybe to see him like cuz i think on AEW at the minute it's going to be Hagman versus Lance Archer maybe that could be the match for revolution and then afterwards maybe Moxley could show up and then that could be the next feud going forward
0: to sum up you i think you said it perfectly there about all eyes being on AEW when it's his return to their promotion. I think AEW are going to let him have a couple of matches elsewhere. First, Dave Meltzer said he can't see Moxley's first match being anywhere but AEW. Uh, I'm sorry for me. I think AEW wait to make sure he's in a good place. He's happy. He's healthy. He's shaking off the cobwebs and uh, just doing right by him, I think. And then... Uh, once, once he's had a few matches, and like you said, once all the eyes are on EEW, he'll be back, and uh, he'll be back there. And I look forward mm-hmm. to seeing him back there.
1: And GCW is going to be in the Hammerstein Ballroom as well. Now that place is very well, shall we say, infamous for events such as ECW One Night Stand, etc. So it's going to be a raucous crowd either way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And look, it's it's just nice to see John Moxley back in WWE. It's nice to see... uh, Back in in wrestling, sorry. Uh, It's going to be a while before he's back in WWE, guys. Uh, Nice to see him back in wrestling and back healthy because, you know, Mm -hmm. first and foremost, he's a husband, he's a father, and then he is a wrestler. uh, And it's just nice to see... Nice to see people healthy again. Aye, for sure. Um, So, the PWI Awards... Uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated Awards were released this past week to a barrage of, that's wrong. No, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. Why would you pick this guy? Why would you not pick this guy? (laughs) (laughs) Because as usual the internet can't agree on anything. Um, Talking about the Male Superstar of the Year, uh, Kenny Omega voted uh, male, Male Superstar of the Year. I personally don't have any issue with that. I... I said before when they were talking about, um, was it Roman and Kenny were the like were people's go to wrestlers of the year? I said mm-hmm. I watch more of Roman because I watch more of WWE, but Kenny Omega, a AAA champion, Impact champion, wrestling on regular Impact specials and pay per views, wrestling regularly on AEW television and AEW pay per views doing all this through multiple injuries it's hard to vote against Kenny Omega as the superstar of the year uh, male superstar of the year for 2021
1: I like you know we discussed it on the top 10 of 2021 show it was it was either going to be Kenny Omega or Roman Reigns in this instance but obviously it's worth noting that the PWI awards are all fan voted for so you've got a, a whole range of Spectrum across the the wrestling community and you know with Kenny Omega going to so many different promotions and winning so many championships It really doesn't surprise me that he got male wrestler of the year And as you said, you know, he wasn't just doing big matches. He was competing regularly on TV He was doing skits with the likes of you know pack and orange Cassidy and hangman as well Like there was he was very much there and everywhere So yeah thoroughly deserved as far as i'm concerned
0: a uh, the Women of the Year, most improved superstar of the year, and match of the year with Thunder Rosa in an unsanctioned match. Um Britt Baker, uh, the current AEW women's champion. And t- to me, I I don't I don't begrudge the most improved wrestler of the year. Britt Baker has been continually entertaining and an ever-improving. Uh, AEW Women's Division the lights out match um, it was a great match I, I I always feel when people say like, they, they always argue why it should have been another match and they can't argue why it couldn't have been this match I think this match was a great match mm. uh, however female wrestler of the year I'm sorry um, I, I think at the tail end of the year Bianca Belair tailed off but when you win the Royal Rumble and then when you main event WrestleMania, in a, an industry that is still very much male dominated, I don't know how anyone can vote against Bianca Belair after that.
1: No, I agree. Yeah, and this was the point I was making on the very same show, is that and you've pretty much listed it off. You know, Royal Rumble winner, main evented WrestleMania, won the title in the process, and basically was the dominant woman for most of the year, not to mention she capped the year off being the sole survivor for her Survivor Series team. Now, doing all that in one year is is a massive achievement, particularly, you know, for, you know, somebody like, maybe you'd expect maybe a woman, like a female wrestler in WWE to accomplish maybe one at best, maybe two. She did all four of those things and that cannot be ignored. Not to take anything away from Britt Baker, though. I mean, she has... Vastly made her made her presence known on AEW as the women's champion. Like she's basically put herself at the at the top of the division. She's leading the charge now, and the the match with Thunder Rosa was outstanding. However, my my personal favorite match of the year was I'd probably say Walter versus Ilia Dragunov at Takeover Thirty Six. Like it was. I still remember their first encounter, and I thought, "Oh my god! Imagine me getting these guys on a takeover. That would be immense." But um, I, th- I think I agree for most improved that Brett Baker should get most improved. Woman of the year, though, I think it's again, it's still it's the old Kenny Roman debate again. Like it's either it was either going to be her or Bianca. But personally, I would have gone with Bianca in this instance.
0: Uh, I'm just going to rhyme off some of the other some of the other awards and you can. I'll say you can, I or no. Well, no, 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 I don't no. what, know. What to do is I'll let you, I'll let you pick one and you can go on a, a long tangent on why you agree with it or why you disagree with it. You can have the floor. Cool. Okay. So we have wrestler of the year, Kenny Omega tag team of the year, the young bucks match of the year, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa, St. Patrick's day slam. Fury of the Year, Chris Jericho versus MJF. Most Popular Wrestler of the Year, CM Punk. Most Hated Wrestler of the Year, MJF. Comeback of the Year, CM Punk. Most Improved Wrestler, Britt Baker. Inspirational Wrestler of the Mm -hmm. Year, Edge. And Rookie of the Year, Jade Cargill. Right, Jade? Jade. Right, Dave, you (laughs) you have as much time as you want to rant and make the case for or against someone winning and who you would have liked to have seen win that award instead.
1: Feud of the year. I'm sorry, but Jericho, Jericho, MJF just didn't didn't get feud of the year for me. If I was to give feud of the year, it would have to be Seth Rollins versus Edge because it was probably the simplest of feuds, built on historic, like historical events. Guy, like, it goes back to 2014 when. Rollins was about to curb stomp Edge on the Money in the Bank briefcase. Like even back then, you know, Edge still couldn't compete because of his neck injuries. But then when Edge did come back, you know, they, they actually managed to get a feud together with the, the match at SummerSlam. It was probably the best match of SummerSlam in, at 2021. Then they went on to have the match at Madison Square Garden where Edge got temporarily written off. And then they culminated with the, the trifecta in the Hell in the Cell match. Not to mention there was a little bit more in in between, you know, Rollins goes to Edge's house, sits in his chair. There's a little bit of element of realism to it as well. But it didn't overcomplicate things. It didn't turn anything into a big grandeur type thing. No, this, um, this was a feud done plain and simply, spot on the way it should be done. And, I mean, Jericho, MJF sort of devolved into Inner Circle versus Pinnacle anyway. So it's... It's difficult to say, you know, you know those two individually. When you know you had the two stables go at each other in blood and guts, and then the stadium stampede. But no, feud of the year has got to be Rollins versus Edge, I think.
0: I would agree with you there. I'd say, yeah, I'd I'd say Edge Rollins was feud of the year for me. I certainly think that the quality of a the quality of match there was certainly better than the Jericho uh, MGF one. Another one, sorry, another uh, award which was a uh, stable of the year, which was the was also uh, the Inner Circle. I don't think it's been a, a great year for for stables in WWE or AEW, but I mm-hmm. wouldn't have picked any of them. Uh, just looking at the the stables in... Uh, TNA, I'd maybe have went with a with a violent by design, maybe
1: mm. just yeah. Because that was they're the
0: one- more, con- more continuously on TV, they they are an actual stable. You know, Scott points out where they defended the right to team together, did uh, the, the Inner Circle, and then didn't team together for like five months.
1: Yeah, that was that was ridiculous. I mean, they might as well have just said the elite as far as I'm concerned, but I don't know where the inner circle came from with first stable of the year, but you know what violent by design is actually a very good show. And I think impact much like, you know, WWE and uh, the rest of the indies have really been not been given a fair representation. Even though I I, I get it. I get it. It's, it's a fan voted list and people, and obviously these fans prefer AEW content to anything else. So that's why you've got the majority of AEW people on this list for the winners.
0: Uh, most popular and comeback of the year, CM Punk. I don't think anyone can argue that. Mm. Now, comeback of the year for sure. Most popular again, still up for debate. I I think just see because of the wave he caused when he, he came back, and then you know the fact that not that he's not done anything, but the fact that he's not he's not been thrown into a a massive feud or a blood feud or you know anything that's you know world title related yet but no matter what he does the fans eat it up because yeah. it has him and it's been almost it was almost seven years sorry, over seven years since he left wwe he hadn't done any wrestling stuff he'd done backstage but he hadn't been in a ring so for me uh most popular i can't argue that um most hated wrestler MGF, a great deal yeah, again no brainer no brainer rookie of the year jade cargill no um that a no-brainer for you? You know what? I'm inclined to
1: agree with that. You know, Jade Cargill has... I mean, she's sort of been under the radar with AEW as of late, you know, sort of more towards the lower tier. Like, she's not been involved specifically, you know, with Britt Baker or any of the other sort of... Uh, sort of dynamite-level talent. You know, she's mostly been wrestling on Dark and sort of building a profile for herself. But she caps the the year off by winning the the TBS championship. I mean... That's a pretty good rookie year all round as far as I'm concerned, and she's yet to be beaten in singles action as far as I'm aware.
0: I I think you might be right.
1: So yeah, um, I've got no complaints about Jade Cargill. You know, she's been consistently booked, she's always been winning, and now she's holding the TBS Championship. It's... it's, I mean, I I can't really think of any other rookie years that have been good uh, in 2021.
0: Yeah, um, I think... Next year, you might have some contention, see, with the the likes of uh, NXT Two Point Oh, but what? Oh, what? Braun Breaker. Oh, Brom- Aye, you know, Good point. Yeah. I I, I was just thinking NXT Two Point Oh. A lot of them are still finding their feet, but no, Braun Breaker from the get go was the guy.
1: Aye. I mean, I get you know NXT's in. Well, me for me personally, NXT's gone down the pan with the whole 2.0 stuff. But Braun Breaker is like the diamond in this heap of shit. The compared to the black and gold brand, and he's been he has been doing brilliantly. Uh,
0: I, I will say, there's been no other woman who has had a rookie year like Jade Cargill. So certainly, yeah. If it was a male and female category, um, I'd go Jade Cargill. And because she's been more featured throughout the year, if people went, you no, know, we, we'll go with Jade over Braun. I, mm-hmm. I I would debate that. The, the reason I went, what about Braun? Was because I only it was the only other rookie year I could remember.
1: <laughs> Hi, now you know what? If it was male and female rookie of the year, it'd definitely be those two.
0: Right. Um the GOATs question who called me ESSR's resident Chris Boyd, probably just because I'm laughing at his draft performance. <laughs> um Yes, David Campbell has asked the Forbidden Door could be opened in WWE who would you like to see enter the Royal Rumble matches Uh, so we've got a lot of comments on this one
1: Yeah, last I checked it was about 40 comments so it's it's definitely a very interactive post we've created here so uh, thank you to everybody that's uh, submitted answers to this week's GOATS question
0: so Stephen Wilson said a long shot being an AEW wrestler but Brian Danielson being in would be class uh, Kwaku Aji said MGF just to hate on everyone as they get eliminated. Um, Jack said, with Mickey James coming in, give me Moose in the men's Royal Rumble. Uh, David, you're one here talking about Matt Cardona. You mentioned that later on. Uh, mm, yep. Ryan Hicks has said Nick Aldis. Um, Scott, has said, yeah, Scott has said Switchblade, uh, Jay White. A or W modesty. Tell you what, um, wasn't remember? Jay White was
1: rumored to be in the twenty twenty one men men's rubble last year.
0: Yes, yes. The, the, Stephen actually commented that on Scott's post. Is it really a rumble without Jay White's speculation? I, I, <laughs> yeah, I always feel that, that way with with New Japan. Um, their contracts usually run out after Wrestle Kingdom, which is January fourth. Royal Rumble is the last week mm-hmm. in January, so you, I think it is. It's like it's like bacon and eggs are always going to go together. New Japan speculation, oh, sure, yeah, rumors. Ryan Hicks has also posted again. Uh, for me, it's unlikely to be someone without uh, without an exist. Sorry, it's unlikely to be someone with an existing WWE profile for it to be a Forbidden Door moment. You couldn't really have Matt Cardona come out as Zack Rider. Plus, you need to have the profile to get the right pop. Obvious one is uh, Moose with the Impact Connection. I hope for Nick Aldis, my wild card would be Jericho. Uh, David Campbell has said, I want to see one man alone. And he put Trevor Murdoch. Callum Bennett was having no Trevor Slander whatsoever. Uh, <clears throat> Robert Scott Shaw said, it's not going to happen, but CM Punk getting the biggest pop aside uh, would be amazing. Aside from that, Britt Baker with her winning, which would get the world of wrestling buzzing. But it's not going to happen either way. Uh, Ryan Dalgleish said, "I have my doubts over something like this will happen." And and in, in addition to Mickey James, but my only answer is one answer, and he's put a gif of the former iconics, the inspiration. Um, they were supposed to compete at Hard to as well, but they got exposed to someone with COVID. Yeah, uh, Gary Coyle said MGF, but it comes out to CM Punk's music.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, like like they should have done for CM Punk's actual comeback.
0: Uh, Marco Piva said JTG. Um, John Isherwood said Josh Alexander. I'd be all for that. Uh, I have posted a picture of Chris Boyd smiling just to annoy David Campbell. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sean Smith says Excalibur, but he's posted a photo of Phil Mitchell with a bottle of vodka. And he's he's also put uh, all this legend, and it's Shark Boy. Shark (laughs) Boy. I think any of them would be amazing. I've laid my hat on James Storm. David, you've said Matt Cardona earlier. Are you gonna yep. go with someone else? I mean, out of all
1: those ones that I've seen so far, uh the only other one I can think of is probably Moose would be the best option. Given that they've had the NXT champion compete in the Royal Rumble before, it wouldn't it wouldn't be out of the question to see the impact
0: champion make an appearance too. Yeah, why not? Um So that is going to do us for this week's episode of ESSR Central. Thank you very much, Dave, for joining me. Yeah, I didn't bother. Always happy to help out. And remember, guys, if you want to catch up on our back catalogue, our massive content library on both audio and YouTube formats, then it's Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, and Android. Uh, And then it's... At Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, the law, and of course the Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet community on Facebook, where you can join in, get involved in the chat, and have a bit of a laugh. Uh, we'll see you again next week, but for now, bye bye. See you. Hi, I'm Scott McLeod, and I'm Grant McRobbie. We are the host of the monthly show on Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet, East Meets West where we'll bring you all the latest happenings,
1: reviews and big events from New Japan and the land of the Far East.
0: Remember to check out on the Eat, place Tooth, podcast feed on all good Android podcasting sites like Anchor, Spotify or iTunes now. Sports Social Podcast Network With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.